You are listening to the Rooted Podcast, a conversation advancing gospel-centered youth ministry. Registration is now open for our 2017 conference in Dallas, Texas. Our annual conference features great preaching, engaging biblical teaching, practical workshops, and sincere worship. It is great for anyone involved in ministry to youth, including parents. To learn more, visit www.rootedministry.com. Welcome to the Rooted Podcast. My name is Dave Wright. I'm a part of the Rooted Steering Committee, and I'm here with Liz Edrington, who's also a part of the Steering Committee. And we're here uh, with the opportunity to interview Jaquel Crow, who has written a book recently, and we want to learn a little bit about that book and learn a little bit about her. Um, So let's get started. Um, Jaquel, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from. Um, what, what different places you've lived and, you know, what's, what's caused you to live in those places? For sure. So I am 19. I currently live in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, way on the East Coast. I was born in Vancouver, though, actually, which is where I spent the first five years of my life and then moved to northern British Columbia, a very small town there. And then from there, I moved to Texas, actually, for my dad to go to school. And then from there to Halifax, Nova Scotia, which is where I am currently. Hmm. Excellent, excellent. So, um, just just so we get a little bit of flavor for you, what's uh, do you do you have a favorite hockey team? Ooh, no, I have a favorite baseball team, which is of oh, course the okay. Toronto Blue Jays, only Canadian team. But I am a very bad Canadian because I'm really not that into hockey. <laughs> wow, I'm 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 surprised. I'm a Blackhawks fan myself. Okay, so. of course. <laughs> um, favorite food? Probably sushi. All right, it's a good Love choice. Japanese food. Yeah. Favorite band? The Grey Havens. Yeah, yeah. So it's a husband here. and wife duo. Yeah, Dave and Alicia Radford, and they are really good. Excellent, excellent. Favorite movie? Remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which oh, is a, a football choice. movie. Yeah, I I've seen that so movie good. so many times. I can mm-hmm. probably recite most of it for you. I've awesome. actually never seen it. Myself. Oh come on, Dave. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> have to see it. <laughs> I, there's some movies that types I just don't not to, as into. Um, favorite place to vacation? Probably Prince Edward Island, which is very close to me in Nova Scotia, and it's also where all of the Anne of Green Gables books and movies were set, and it is a beautiful place, Mm -hmm. and it is a small place, but it's close to us, so it's a good family Mm -hmm. vacation spot. It's also known for some of the finest muscles in the world. Yes, Ooh. except I don't like muscles. Oh, oh my goodness. So but you like, your muscles. you like the island. I least. do. <laughs> I like Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> okay, so um, at 19, you've already graduated from college, which is um, pretty impressive. Uh, what did you major in in college? I majored in communications and minored in English. Mm-hmm. And what are you currently doing for employment? I am currently pursuing writing full-time, and then I am also teaching an online writing course for other young writers called the Young Writers Workshop. Okay, and you're the editor-in-chief? Of therevolution.com. Of therevolution.com, great. Well, um, tell us about your book, uh, This Changes Everything, uh, How the Gospel Transforms the Teen Years. Um, give, us a, give us a teaser of the book rather than a summary so that people still want to read it. Sure, well, the book is for other young people who want to follow Jesus, who want to pursue holiness, but they want 
practical, theological coaching and instruction just for them in this unique stage of life that they're in. And I come along as a fellow young person, someone who is in the trenches with them, who is maybe just a little bit further along as, as an older teen, and really tries to show how the gospel calls us to live a, a different life. How does the gospel change our relationships and how we view the local church and our sin and so many aspects of life? What does it look like to follow Jesus as a young person in, in this day and age? Excellent. So those are some awesome questions, and I love that you've tackled them in this book. Tell me a little bit about what led to the formation of this book. Sure. Well, this was a message that I have been passionate about pretty much all through my teen years as I started reading more books uh, that were written for adults on these kind of things and really wished for a book like this that was for a young person yeah. like me. And uh, I started writing early, so naturally I just started writing for other young people like me. And really I got to this point where I, I had the opportunity to write a book and I asked myself, if I was only able to write one book in my entire life, hmm. what would it be? And it was this book, this message that I'm so passionate about. And the Lord opened doors and provided the opportunity and that's how it came about. Hmm. And you mentioned earlier a challenge. Yes, yeah. So I was uh, taking a course called Do Hard Things University. It was an online course that was run by Brett Harris, who wrote Do Hard Things with his brother Alex. And as part of this course, your assignment was you had to choose one hard thing that you wanted to do. And my mom was actually the one who said, you need to put in that you want to write a book, because she knew that's something I really wanted to do. But I was pretty afraid to do that. And I was like, no, mom, that's hard and scary. And if I do that, then I'm actually going to have to write the book. And she really pushed me. And I did. And that was actually a the catalyst that pushed uh, the book from sort of a, a far-sighted dream to a near-sighted reality. It takes a lot of courage to, to endeavor in something like that. <laughs> yes, well, I had some pretty solid support coming from my parents and my church family, too. That's awesome. That is great. That is great. Well, um, as I mentioned to you before, I, I work a lot with youth pastors. And I see some whose expectations of teens is, uh, in my view, too low or uh, meet youth pastors who fear diving deep into doctrine for fear of losing kids. What would you what would you say to them, to the youth pastors uh, that might encourage them to, to not think that way? Mm -hmm. Well, there is a pressure in greater evangelicalism, I think, that is so intent on keeping young people in the church that they will sort of want to do anything to keep them in, and so they think entertainment is the way to do that. Uh, but ultimately, I think that's a, a faulty foundation because entertainment is not what is going to keep young people in the church. It, it may keep them temporarily, but it won't... Uh, create in them a lifelong desire to participate in the community of the church. And so I think doctrine, teaching them God's word, teaching them the truths that will actually sustain them through all of life, through the difficulty that they'll face and the suffering and the temptations, giving them those tools rooted in scripture to face life. That's what I think is going to create hearts and minds and, and adults that will persevere in the faith and, and continue to love the church and serve the church. Absolutely. And, and what you're describing is exactly what I experienced when I moved from Chicago to England and discovered that it's North American evangelicalism that seems to think it's got to entertainment, mm -hmm. got to be so entertainment driven. Not a lot of, didn't see a lot of that amongst the, the more evangelical churches in, in England where they weren't 
worried about keeping kids in the church because kids weren't in the church. They were yeah. looking to reach out to kids, and they and they were looking to uh, looking to really get them immersed in the gospel and get them immersed in scripture. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the same if you look at, at church history and, and whatnot. And even a couple hundred years ago, the way that the church was reaching young people was not through entertainment. It was through yeah. teaching God's word faithfully and just expecting young people to be able to hear and understand and learn and grow. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, just building on that, how, how can we help the church then raise the bar uh, when it comes to expectations of teenage spirituality and participation in the in the congregation, mm-hmm. I think viewing young people as legitimate members of the body is a start because the church does not have an age limit. It's a good word. Uh, There is a sort of mentality, I think, that often slips in unnoticed that views teenagers just as people who are served by the church. They go to youth group, we give them pizza, but we preach to the adults, we encourage the adults to give, the adults to get involved, and not the teenagers. And so just shifting that mindset to realize that teenage Christians need to be just as invested and involved in the body is is a big start. So pastors, uh, preach to young people from the pulpit. Don't just leave that to the youth ministry and encourage teens to give of their time and resources and talent and just encourage them to get involved beyond the the sort of, um, I don't know, stereotypical or or, uh, normal activities we assign to youth. Um, that's a big thing. Great yeah. film. It's a really good word. Um, how about what was the chapter you enjoyed writing the most? The chapter on the church. That's mm. that's an easy one uh, because I got to write a lot about my church family, who I love very deeply, and that's also a subject that I think we don't talk a lot about in relation to young people. How should young Christians get involved and serve the church, and what are their responsibilities and role? Mm. So that was just a big joy for me to write. What are some ways you were invited to be a participant in the church early on? Yeah, well, for one, just sort of as I mentioned before, I was always uh, meant to feel like a legitimate member of the church, even before I could actually have like voting rights or, or anything like that in an official capacity. Just I never felt alienated from the pulpit, from teaching. Um, my church actually is too small to have a youth group. So I was never part of a youth group, uh, which meant I spent a lot of time with uh, adults and just other Christians of all ages. So we did have other young Christians and we uh, went to Sunday school with older Christians and were able to be mentored by them in a special way. Um, I was able to get involved in my church's music ministry, uh, to write from when I got my first part-time job, I was able to start giving uh, a very small amount, but financially, to the church, and that just made me feel so much more invested and a part of the community. So all these little ways that uh, made me feel so much more included and involved in my church. That's awesome. Excellent. Excellent. Have you... I was going to say, have you read the uh, Gospel Centered Youth Ministry? There's a chapter on integration of teenagers in the life of the church. I have. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, a fantastic book. And I actually, I quote Eric McKitty from that book in my book. Oh, right. really? Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. Well, we're, we're fond of that book ourselves. So um, what would you say to uh, Christian teenagers who crave the sort of worship music that sounds like teenage love songs where you could swap Jesus with the name of a guy or a girl and the song still works. Mm-hmm. I would say that that music sounds really fun and nice, but it's not really what you need. And I can be tempted to sort of want that music sometimes because I like pop music and I, it is, but 
ultimately, I, I really don't think that that's the music that is going to serve you uh, well in your spiritual formation, in your psychological and mental formation as you become an adult and as you face the real world. Uh, we need to be sustained by the truths that are advanced in God's word, the, the hard truths, the, the good truths, the deep truths. That is what is going to equip us to face life. Excellent. Um, any advice that you have for young writers? Yeah, keep keep writing consistently. That, that was the biggest thing for me. I started a blog uh, when I was 11, and for five years I wrote at this blog, and it did nothing uh, exciting or big. It never got popular, but it taught me how to write, and it taught me how to be consistent and faithful in the little things. So keep writing, even if nobody is reading your writing, and write to glorify God and serve others and, and serve the church and build up with your words instead of tear down. Great. Well, we thank you for your time. Appreciate you you. uh, taking a few minutes out to to do this conversation with us. And uh, we do encourage everybody who's listening to get a copy of This Changes Everything, How the Gospel Transforms um, the Life, or sorry, Transforms the Teen Years um, by Jaquel Crow. You're a woman wise beyond your years. (laughs) Praise God. Yeah, thank you so much for this beautiful offering. Thank you. For time with you. Thank you for listening. For more information on Gospel-Centered Youth Ministry, visit our website, www.rootedministry.com. Thank you to our friends at High Street Hymns for providing music for our podcast. Visit their website at www.highstreethymns.com.